Thursday, December 17, 2020. This is The Better Life. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. Living a better life means sitting back, watching some movies, and catching all the gambling references and kind of smiling to yourself when you realize maybe you caught one that uh, isn't obvious to everybody, but something that you know because you uh, you live the better life. Uh, I'm not going to put too much here at the top of the show because Mark and I spoke for the better part of two hours. Turned out to be about an hour and a half uh, once I distilled it down. So uh, I know that uh, that is <laughs> a pretty long conversation considering the uh, the topic, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Mark and I had a great time, and whether or not you followed along, whether or not you're really familiar with the Bond, uh, Bond series or the franchise, I should say, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. It's, it was a, it was a lot of fun. So uh, I got some notes uh, to follow this, but uh, here's uh, here's the Sean Connery, James Bond films as discussed by myself and Mark Duvall. from you can bet on that how the hell are you uh very good tim how are you i i'm well thank you every four weeks we watch movies we watch tvs through the lens as gamblers and we try to uh find some scenes some references that talk about gambling casinos vegas even uh and this week we are focusing on sean connery bond films in honor of the late great sean connery let's start with a couple uh, a question that I have, and then a question I think that everybody sort of talks about when they talk about James Bond. Yeah. So let's let's start with one that I sort of had it, it, when I first started watching Doctor No. By the way, if, if anybody was following along, you're you're either watching this because you own the James Bond films, or you're watching it on Pluto TV uh, like I was, and you spent about forty percent more time watching the film because uh, even though their commercial breaks are short, they are frequent. Yes, they uh, are. Yes, yes, they are. I ended up actually watching most of them on Hulu which I didn't realize they were all on. Oh, so, I didn't realize they were on Hulu. Oh, why? Yeah. You, you can't message me, Mark. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, that's the first thing I should have done. <laughs> but I thought, well, you know, we told everybody Pluto. I'm sorry, Tim. I really right. should have. But I actually watched a few of the films on Pluto, too, first. Okay. Before I realized. I don't even know. I think I got some email from Hulu. And I thought, wait, what? How come oh, we didn't know this before? But anyway, yeah, yeah. okay. Because when we first talked about doing this, we looked it up, and Hulu was the only spot that popped up. I felt you like. mean Pluto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what is it? I said Hulu. Yeah, Pluto yeah. was the only spot that popped up. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I remember. I can't remember which which one it was, but there was one where it cut to commercial break and i was like we haven't even left the scene since yeah. the last commercial it's break. sort of arbitrary yeah yeah uh anyways uh well if anybody i i mean look uh pluto got its fucking ad money out of me <laughs> uh and i even i uh, no, no kidding i found myself eating domino's pizza last night because i was hung my oven's broke i needed i i was uh i was too busy to like really think about dinner so i got some domino's pizza and as I'm eating the Domino's pizza, Pluto cuts to a commercial of Domino's. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that clearly worked. Yep. <laughs> I've been binging, I've been binging yeah, Bond. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure subliminally or Yeah, you not, didn't even realize it. I didn't realize it, it worked. <laughs> 
it worked. Anyways, at the beginning of Doctor No, and we'll, and, uh, we'll get into the movies, but, you know. It, and we the, should say, I guess, ahead of time, too, spoiler alert. We're going to spoil all these James. But, you know, they're like 50 years old. So, you, yes. you know, you should it's, know by now. It's kind of like Fight Club. Like, if you haven't watched Fight Club, you've had your chance. Okay, yeah, you've yeah, had your exactly. chance. <laughs> if I accidentally tell you the secret behind Fight Club's not my fault. You've had your chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dr. No essentially, essentially begins at the top of the movie with him uh, at, uh, at, a, at a club. And we'll, we'll get to that. But the, it made me think, Ian Fleming created this character of James Bond, 007, to be a character that, that uh, young, middle-aged men could idolize, right? And of course, that's the, the beautiful cars, the awesome job, and the lifestyle that everybody would yearn for. And it made me think, like, why is gambling... A part of that like why why do you think and of course we you know i can't really get into the head of a of a you know an author uh from the mid-1900s but um you know what when i when i sent you that question what were some things that initially came to mind on why we as a society um at least on that on you know when looking at it through the lens of of, of secret agents and stuff like why do, why does gambling fit into that high society setting yeah, I was thinking about this. I think, you know, the bottom line is wealth. And when it's shown through gambling, it's not just the tuxedo and the glamour that they show in these particular casinos, yeah. you know, as opposed to, you know, the cigarette smoking El Cortez, you know, slot player. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's the fact that it, if they lose, it just doesn't matter. You yeah. know, they're playing, oh, a thousand pounds, oh, lost that hand, you know, big deal. You know, uh, can I get another marker? So it, I think it's the wealth that's not necessary. It's, it's not hidden, but it's sort of, you know, it's not thrown in your face. It's just like, oh, gamble. Oh, he must be wealthy because look, he can afford to lose this much. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's something that came to mind. I also, uh, just to add to that, uh, I was thinking of like, when you think of freedom, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I think, and to your point, when you have the wealth to gamble, that's essentially part of the freedom, right? Like, that's a part of, yeah. uh, I, I can do sort of this careless activity because not only do I have the money, I have the time. Uh, and I, I think, you know, looking inside of gamblers, right? Looking inside of the people we know, we really idolize the people who can gamble at a level to where they are being accommodated for mm -hmm. right and right. and not that we essentially see that as uh too much in these bond films we're going to touch touch on it did maybe think of that in the you know when the pit boss is is speaking directly to one individual stuff like that i think uh going you know money aside there's that sense of importance um that i think a lot of people uh sort of um covet a little bit uh yeah. when they see someone experiencing that yeah, definitely. That is another point. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up. Also, I think it's the, hey, I got something for nothing. This is yeah. the life I want to lead. You know, when people win at gambling, that glamour. Hey, I didn't do a thing and I, you know, got 50,000 pounds or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How, uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to Sean Connery pulling out a marker and then walking away with like really no dice rolls, walked away with $50,000 in profit. Yeah, I'm not yeah, quite we'll sure how the, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get to the movies, the, the question that I talk to all my friends when James Bond comes up, uh, who should be James Bond? And so, Mark, if Hollywood called you and they're like, look, no one else can answer this question. Every actor that you are aware of is available to you. You get to make the next Bond movie. Who are you casting? 
All right, so I'm gonna go with some almost rands first. Uh, if George Clooney were younger, Ooh. I think he'd be a great Bond. Okay. Now, uh, the British accent, I don't know. Would that have worked? That's hard to say. But, I mean, just the way he holds himself. Just, you know, look at the Ocean movies, right? Yes. Danny Ocean he, easily could be James Bond. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, again, I, I think he's too old for the role right now, but I think a younger George Clooney would have done it. Uh, a name that's actually be, been bandied about as a possible James Bond is Idris Elba. Yes! Right? I think he would be fantastic. Of course, you know, anytime you mess with something like that, there's the baggage of race. And he is a black man. And, you know, he himself has said he doesn't know if he wants to have to deal with all that. Yes. But I think he would be a great Bond. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I was also thinking maybe Benedict Cumberbatch, because he is British. People may know him as uh, Sherlock. Uh, on the TV show Sherlock, oh, sure. and he was uh, Doctor Strange in the Marvel Marvel movies. Uh, that was a possibility, but I finally zeroed in on somebody who I think would be really good: Tom Hardy, who you remember as Mad Max in the yes! recent Mad Max Fury Road. I'm kind of surprised be, by this choice. Yeah, yeah, I think Tom Hardy would be a very good Bond. Wow, that's huh. uh, I'm. So the reason why I'm surprised is I, uh, by the way, Benedict Cumberbatch is, uh, I think, a fantastic choice. Um, oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, when it, that's one that I, when I was thinking of, of course, I needed some inspiration. So I was like browsing IMDb and Google, like who are actors that I should be thinking about, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. And when, when I saw him, I hadn't thought... Tom Hardy is also one that as I cruised through, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Um, Idris Elba hands down when that name started getting floated i was yeah. like let's not make this idea too popular to kill it yeah and that's kind of what I, it seems like that's kind of what happened yeah. um he he in a number of ways has admitted that he's no longer interested in the role one of the yeah. reasons yeah. is his age i'm sure dealing with the, the race uh, stuff would not be fun no. uh adris elba one of my favorite actors in my lifetime so yeah he's uh, great. yeah he's amazing uh, I have bad news for anybody who doesn't want to see 007 as a black actor because there's an actress uh, who has been announced to be 007 in the upcoming Bond movie. But uh, I will get to that after we are done uh, with everything. My choices. Are, do you have any other names? Yeah, no, that's it. Go. Okay. Okay. Um, here's one that when I started, like I, I came across him and as soon as I saw him, I was like, there's no way it hasn't come up yet. And then I did some more research to be disappointed to find out that it's unlikely to happen. But Henry Cavill. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, uh, for the, and you know, he plays, uh, he, he's plays Holmes. Uh, he plays, uh, Enola Holmes and, uh, or he plays Sherlock in, and, in, um, in Enola Holmes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, He's Superman, obviously, in the Justice League, right. uh, Man of Steel. But my favorite role he's done so far, uh, The Witcher. Um, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, it's when – I, when I came across his name, I was, like, I was upset that I hadn't thought of him sooner, like that that idea hadn't come up sooner. But I did see some rumors saying that uh, the people associated with the franchise claim that he might be too popular for the role. Mm, interesting uh, that's yes. an interesting way to put it okay it, it is interesting and i think it's kind of a trash reason so uh hashtag henry cable for bond uh is something i'd like to start soon okay but, and i'll tell you i mean as soon as you said it it's like oh yeah how come i didn't think of him yes. i had the same reaction so yeah 
Um, a sneaky pick, uh, similar to your, if he was a little bit younger, sneaky pick, Jude Law. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he could definitely carry himself. Uh, another sneaky pick, Colin Farrell. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I think you would take, he would have to act a little bit better, right? Like I, you know I mean? If, uh, most people, if you don't know, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, is, is an Irish actor. You wouldn't know if you saw any of his movies where he's not using his Irish accent because yeah. he, uh, completely eliminates it in his acting. But, um, uh, do you know what, what other bond, uh, that actually plays James Bond is Irish? Irish. Uh, you know, I guess off the top of my head, I don't know. This I'm only asking because it surprised me. I didn't. I don't expect anybody to know. Pierce Brosnan is Irish. Irish. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then one that's uh, if I was going down, if they were if they were telling me I need to I need to take the uh, the creative angle, right? They're like, give us give us something unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden Gillen, who played Littlefinger in uh in the game in the game of thrones series i think if you if you wrote if you made it would have to be too weird but if you made it to where he didn't have to be this idealistic man and just a really good agent i think he could do it it's yeah that's i would say an unusual choice right because if if he were cast in that role people would kind of go huh but i could see him pulling it off Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's, I really like him. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. I was, uh, thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> he's, uh, he's 52 years old. He's yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> on the other side of uh, being casted for, uh, for a role like that. But uh, those are the ones. Henry Cavill is my favorite of those, of the ones. That's a great choice. Anyways, yeah, those shoot. are the, uh, those are my, uh, my, my, votes for who should become bond uh, daniel craig uh is casted to still play james bond i'll just get into this part now uh daniel craig is uh casted to play james bond in the next uh 007 movie which i think was supposed to come out uh last month but of course yeah. uh, theaters aren't open it's delayed but, uh, and of course, as I was closing out all of my tabs on, oh yeah, No Time to Die. Yeah. Um, the word die, really making its, uh, <laughs> really making its stake in, in, uh, yeah, in, in James Bond films. But of course, I'm not going to find her name as quickly, but uh, there is a young African-American actress who uh, is actually going to take the role of 007, the agent. Uh, and I'm not, there's no, I mean, look, that's as much information as I have. So no spoiler, right? That's what they're telling us. Right. Yes. Um, but of course that came with just all sorts of moans and groans from, uh, from a certain part of the fandom that thinks uh, it should be strictly one way, but um, yeah, I don't, of course I, I close a tab and can't find oh, it. It's, it, uh, it's Lashana Lynch. Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there we go. So, uh, should that continue? Who knows? We don't know if, if that just means she's now 007 and James Bond as a character takes a different, um, uh, but I believe the premise of the next Bond movie is that James Bond is retired mm. uh, and then somehow is interacting with the new 007 agent uh, from retirement. You know, uh, you know, good old Michael Scott, you know, uh, threat level midnight coming out of retirement <laughs> one last time to... <laughs> to help yeah okay let's get into it dr no the very yeah. first uh the very first 
James Bond uh, adaptation to movies. Let's start with, did you enjoy the movie? Uh, yes. Now, it, you know, it's interesting because, and I'll probably mention this a little bit later, but you do have to kind of look at these movies through a different lens. Yes. Just because, you know, they're older. Uh, but it is a very enjoyable movie, and I can see why it was as popular as it was. It was fairly low budget for the time. Yes. And I can see why it really captured people's imagination. So, yeah, I think it's a really good movie. And, of course, you know, Sean Connery creates the role, and he's great in the role. Of course. So uh, Ian Fleming wrote a novel in 1958 called Dr. No. It gets a, uh, it gets a movie in 1962. Sean Connery uh, gets the role. And in... See, this is what happens when I have so many tabs up. Uh, at three minutes, 20 seconds, uh, there's some gents playing bridge. And at first yep. I was like, oh, we got some, but there's no money on the table and no <laughs> one says anything. I was like, oh, I thought we had three minutes in. I thought we had I know, one. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> hey, here it comes already. Uh, but I, no, there's no money on the table and they're playing, cr playing cribbage. Can't assume that they're gambling. But at bridge, seven, bridge, bridge. Uh, bridge. Yeah. Bridge. Why do I keep on? Why do I keep on insisting that there's cribbage? I, I've in never games? seen cribbage in a Bond movie. It probably is there, <laughs> but you keep mentioning cribbage when we've been corresponding. I'm ins I am <laughs> insistent, Mark, that cribbage is insistent. Like, is cribbage <laughs> even a popular uh, game in the in England? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, seven minutes. The iconic James Bond scene. Uh, they are at a place called, um, and I'm going to botch this with, uh, I, I had to learn French when I was in, <laughs> when I was stationed in Algeria, my French still stinks. Uh, Les Cirque, Les, I, I can't, Les Cirque, probably Les Cirque. I don't, I, French is weird because like you sometimes pronounce things and sometimes don't depending yeah. on where vowels are at the end of it. Look, <laughs> right. if all of you that can speak, uh, French, just forgive me. Anyways. L-E space C-E-R-C-L-E, uh, Le Cercle, I don't know. Uh, they're at this place in London. Michael Traeger told us the place is still open. Yeah, and he was saying, uh, you know, when I said, oh, is it Le Cercle? You know, like you said. Yeah. He, but he said it is called the Le Ambassadors. I'm not even going to try the accent. Oh, okay. but Le Ambassadors. And you do see that on the sign as well in Dr. No. And he said it's a, an old establishment and it's still in existence. So. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, it, it appears to be a very private uh, space, and Traeger mentioned it's still very private. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to a joint like this before? A gambling parlor of any sorts like this? No, no. You know, I've only been to full-blown public <laughs> casinos, you know. The I've neon lights. To, yeah, never been to, like, a private club or anything. Certainly nothing overseas or anything like that, so no. I was in one place called the Aviation Club on mm. Champs-Élysées in yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it cost me a hundred euro to get in. Wow! Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me let me clarify. It cost me a hundred euro to get a membership, which is what what I required oh, uh -huh. to get in. Of course, as the young traveler I was, I was like, well, clearly I'll be back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that on uh, maybe World Poker Two or certainly yes. I, I've, some TV poker. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes. Club. Yeah. And so I was in there. I played a really bad blackjack game that required an ante. Uh, I'd lost my money and, and, and loved every second of being yeah, in like yeah. this like fun little, uh, little, little poker, oh, this little gambling parlor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Sean Connery as James Bond is playing opposite of Eunice Gason, who plays Sylvia Trench. 
Uh, Eunice passed away in 2018. So the, the, the Bond stars um, are, are passing on us in the past few years. And, and let me just uh, kind of cut you off too. Sure. There. It's interesting because Sylvia Trench, she actually shows up in the next movie from Russia with Love. There, yes. I, I think the idea was that she was going to be the serious one that you know, followed him through all these movies. And after From Russia With Love, they thought, oh no, that's not James Bond. We don't want that. So it's one of the few Bond girls who actually shows up in two movies. Yes. Uh, they are playing Shamandi Fair. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think, yeah, Shamanda Fair. Yeah, Shamanda Fair, uh, which is essentially Baccarat, if you don't mm -hmm. know the difference. But you, I, I left, I'm really glad you took the lead on this because I, I didn't want to uh, be wrong in the nuances of this. But you are now the resident's expert on, the, on what the differences may be. Uh, <laughs> If he's wrong, at you can bet on that on Twitter. Yeah, Let him know. But uh, yeah, for anybody who watched this, I know a couple of people were asking specifically, uh, what, can, what do we know about the, differ the, the differences between what we think is Baccarat and what we're watching and what was actually Chemin de Fer? Right. Okay. So let's talk about Baccarat first. So Baccarat is what you typically see is certainly in American casinos. And it's very simple game in that you either bet on the banker or the player. And there's, there's, you're playing against the house regardless. So, you know, even though it says banker player, you're just making a bet on one or the other. And the banker and the player each receive two cards. The player, uh, depending on what cards the player received, the player will take a stand or take an additional card. And the idea is to get closest to nine. And the way that you add up the cards is, well, all face cards are worth zero, uh, including a 10. 10 is worth zero. All the other cards are worth their face value. And you add them all up. And any, any uh, sum that you come up with that's over 10, you subtract 10 from it. So, for example, if you were dealt a 7 and a 5, uh, well, that adds up to 12, but your hand is a 2. You basically just look at that final digit. Right. And depending on what the player has, the player will take an additional card. And again, in America's, American casinos, especially if you're just playing a mini Baccarat or just Baccarat that's just out on the floor as opposed to, say, a high limit room, the dealer does all of this. Nobody is touching the cards. The dealer is doing all of this. So the cards are actually dealt face up. Uh, depending on if the player's total of the two cards is zero through five, then the player is given an additional third card. And again, all the cards are added up. Now, as far as the bank is concerned, the banker, the banker will take an additional card depending on what his total is and the card that the player took. Mm. Not the player's total, but the card that the player took. And I'm not going to go through all of the rules there because if you, I read it off on a podcast, you just start, you know, your eyes would go up. <laughs> your head. So, but you can look that up. But the, the point is that it is all very mechanical. And uh, let me say one more thing too. If uh, either player or banker has an eight or a nine, that's called a natural and no yep. cards are drawn. Right. Okay. But the idea is closest to nine. So that's regular Baccarat. Did I leave anything out? Can you think of talking about Bakra? I know, I guess I should say that if you bet on banker and you win, uh, most casinos will charge you 5% commission. Uh, no commission is charged on player. 
Am I forgetting anything else? As someone who doesn't frequent the Bakra table, I cannot think of anything you missed. Okay, so I may have forgotten something, but let's go on to Chemin Fair. Okay, okay, so Chemin Fair is a very similar game, but here are a couple of the big differences. Number one, you're not playing against the house. Instead, you're playing against a player who is acting as banker. Right. So, for example, in this first scene with James Bond, Bond is acting as banker. And not only is he putting up money against other players at the table, he also is dealing the cards from a shoe. He's actually, you know, taking them out instead of a dealer hired by the casino. Now, the casino does have a dealer there that uses this big paddle to kind of send the cards around the table. Yes. It's actually the banker who is dealing the cards and putting up the money. Okay, so whichever player at the table has the most money bet on player, they look at the two cards that they've been dealt, and then they indicate whether or not they need an additional card. Here's where the difference really comes in. Technically, the player can ask for a card or stand no matter what their current total is. Right. Now, I say technically because that's not really true. There's a social contract in this game where if the player has zero through four, they hit. If they have six through nine, well, I mean, eight or nine is a natural. So I'll just say if they have six or seven, they stand. If they have five, they can actually decide to hit or stand. Hmm. So that's a big difference in the game is when the player has exactly five in their first two cards, they can decide whether to hit or stand. And they will ask for a card. So when you say then, when you say the social contract, you're you're like almost like an unwritten rule, uh, or or is it uh, like will you be shooed away from the table if they realize that you broke one of these? Because you, you they, said that you know it's the kind of thing where I don't I don't know that it's necessarily written down. Yeah, but maybe an unwritten rule that is strictly enforced <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, if you were to to you know hit on a six or seven, which would be crazy anyway, or stand right. on a zero through four, uh, yeah, they probably, there'd be a furor over it. Yeah, it would be, yeah. you know, nobody would go for it. So really, it's only when the player has a five that they'll, they have the choice of hitting or standing. Then, of course, the banker, you know, uh, turns over their hand. And again, depending on what card the player drew and what the total of the banker's hand is, that will determine whether or not the banker takes a third card. Interesting. And the banker also has some discrepancy, although typically the banker also follows a list of rules. But the fact that the player may have stood on a five or hit on a five, uh, the banker does have some leeway too as to whether or not he takes a third card. But again, the list, it's just so complicated it's not even worth talking about on the podcast sure. but those are the two main differences player can hit or stand on a five and the banker is actually a player at the table who puts up the money against other people and actually deals the cards do you play Bach much oh gosh no <laughs> that's why you know i kind of sheepishly explaining all this yes. uh you know maybe well, well, once I, I, or twice oh, electronically i have but uh, yeah, maybe once or twice at a real table. I think you did great. Uh, as, so, as someone who probably plays maybe slightly more than you do, uh, I didn't notice any <laughs> uh, any errors. 
Baccarat is difficult for me, and I've expressed this to, you know, the triggers of the world who love Bach. I just, it's so difficult for me to, like, it, it's the least amount of decisions made in the casino, I feel like, yeah. and it just, it's difficult. And it's one of those things, like, since I know that the, the right play is the banker, it even eliminates even more. There's no reason to do anything else other than, yeah. like, for entertainment, right? Yeah. I can see this other game, Shamin Fair, being kind of entertaining, right? Like, there, I can see the excitement of player versus player and for that little bit of wiggle room with the five on making your own decision mm-hmm. um i could see that being entertaining so um yeah and you know i don't want to speak for traeger but i think probably one of the reasons he likes bach it, it you know as a, just not even chemin de fair because i right. think he said he hasn't really played that is just sort of uh the i don't want to say pomp and circumstance but there's a certain culture to yes. it you know bending the cards you know looking at only one card you know and then you know that whole culture behind it so i think that's a lot of it for him too and you know the high stakes it generally attracts a high stake player so if i had if i was at a table where uh if i was at a pitch game where you could uh bend the cards and stuff like that or pinch they call it they call it a pinch game or yeah pinch game game, yeah squeeze game squeeze Mm -hmm. game there we go yeah Mm -hmm. um I, 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 cause I remember I've told this story before probably. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if I've ever told this before. I'm confident I've told this one before, but I'll say it again. Uh, we were at, uh, Sahara or what was before Sahara SHS or SLS SLS. There we go. We were there. Eric, Eric ran off to play, uh, play some buck. I like sat down with him and then, and I had no idea that this was a thing. Like this is, this was my introduction to bending cards in, in, in Baccarat. <laughs> All of a sudden he starts like, cr- like he starts pulling up. He's not like, it doesn't crease it, but he pulls it up where it clearly kind of like starts putting like that bend in it. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking like, what the fuck is he doing? Like they're gonna like, I'm like, I'm looking at the pit boss. Like, I don't know him. Right. Like, and then I realized, <laughs> Oh, okay. There are, everybody's doing that. That's a thing here. Okay. Uh, That's a thing in the high limit room in the squeeze games. Yeah. Yes, you, yes. you can bend the cards. You can rip up the cards. Yeah. It's, yeah. They use them once. Uh, but in this, in this scene in Dr. No, this is where we get the iconic line. Bond. James Bond. But here's my weird take on this. I know he said it. I know he made it popular. Technically, she said it first. I need Counter. another thousand. I admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Mr. Bond, I suppose you wouldn't care to, um, raise the limit? I have no objection. Technically, Sylvia Trench introduces herself as Trench, Sylvia Trench. Oh, I see what you're saying and that. Oh, okay. But... And he is simply <laughs> mimicking her. So this isn't... So here's the thing. Like, I... <laughs> Uh, the patriarch strikes again, Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. When he does it, the music crescendos, yeah. you know, and they zoom. It's the first time you see his face. Yes. You know, you you hear him talking a little bit before then, but the first time you actually see his face, it's Bond, James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so iconic line, but technically, it's only cool because he mimicked uh, a woman who said it's uh, not as cool, but um, she she technically that, did it first. That, so that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I will say that the line here, you know, as James Bond move, it's first of all, it's not in every James Bond movie, even though you think, no. oh yeah, they do it in every Bond. But there was a period there, maybe during the Roger Moore period, where yeah, they felt compelled to put it in the movie. Right. And sometimes it was forced. But uh-huh. this initial one, I mean, it really works. 
Uh, Sean Connery, probably only rivaled by James Dean, coolest looking cat with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> it made me wish smoking wasn't unhealthy. I was like, yeah, yeah. God, that's cool looking. <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, like James Dean's the only one who might be able to stand toe to toe with him on how cool <laughs> that looks. But uh, maybe Johnny Cash. I don't know if Johnny Cash smoked, uh, but uh, I'm sure he looks pretty cool too. Uh, this is – and. I said that we were going to sort of discuss this on it. I didn't, I don't know if there's really much to discuss, but I mean, can you think of a line, like a, a delivered line, not like a scene or a scene, but like a, a delivered line that takes place in a gambling scene that is more iconic than those three words. In a gambling scene? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I thought mean, about I, it long and hard and uh, I, I couldn't think of anything that I thought was definitely better. No, I I can't think of anything. I would imagine it would be in a poker game of some kind, but uh, you yeah. know, I'm drawing a blank as to what it could be. You know? uh, look, someone's gonna like tweet us something from like Cincinnati Kid and be like, "What about There's this one? It's gonna be everybody something." Everybody says this every day. Yes, I'm kind of curious <laughs> if there is something like that. But yeah. Um, other notes. So that's all I had on gambling specific notes in Dr. No. I was actually kind of disappointed. I was like something right off the bat. <laughs> and then that's kind of where it goes. Did you have anything gambling specific on you Dr. Know, no? Not gambling specific, but at one point, uh, Bond is playing solitaire in Miss Tarot's bedroom. Yes. Not gambling, but it is cards. So yes. we'll bring that up. But that was all I had. Yeah. A couple of non-gambling notes because I think we're all generally. Uh, yeah, I took a lot. Yeah, I took notes. Yeah. So. Something that kind of drove me nuts in Dr. No that they didn't do in other movies, which I was glad, they reference the uh, Central Intelligence Agency as the American CIA. Uh, okay. And it drove like it me nuts. <laughs> I was like, no, it's just the CIA, like MI6 and KGB. There's no, like, there's, it's not the Russian KGB. It's just the KGB, right? Well, uh, you know, maybe it, I don't know what it was like in Britain in the early 60s, but maybe yeah, if they had fair. just said CIA, you know, British audiences wouldn't have known what it was. So it, at yes. least it emphasizes that. <laughs> yes, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, uh, but they, they, end up, they, they, they don't do it anymore. So at the very least, maybe they thought they had established that the CIA is from America with this first film. Yeah. Uh, but I was glad. At 28 minutes, Bond gets his first meet martini in the series. But the guy who gives it to him just says that it's mixed, not stirred. Oh, I didn't catch and that. And he actually, like, emphasizes, like, I know that's how you like it or make some, some point like that. But the first time that James Bond is given a martini in this oh. franchise, it is mixed, not stirred. And, okay. of course, uh, it isn't actually until uh, hour 44, uh, one hour 44 minutes, uh, he's at dinner with Dr. No. And they say that his martini is shaken, not stirred, because oh, okay. they know that's how he likes it. So it does. Yeah. And then from there on out, uh, we all know the great line. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the notes that you had? Uh, you know, the only other things, uh, when Bond leaves the casino in that first scene, he leaves a substantial tip. So I was glad to see that. Bond is a good tipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and, I, you know, I, I have notes here that are kind of general for the movies, but I have them listed under the movies here. So I just want to say I love James Bond's relationship with Miss Moneypenny. Yes. Uh, that's one of my favorite interactions in, in all of, certainly all of the Sean Connery movies. It's just fantastic. So that was one thing I wanted to bring up too. Uh, I don't, so I'll admit, I haven't seen, um, I, I've seen Sean Connery movies. I've seen the Pierce Brosnan ones. I've seen the Daniel Craig ones. I've seen most of the Roger Moore ones. Uh, there's the Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Right. I have not seen that one. Um, 
because everyone yeah. was like, it sucks. And I was like, why would I, like growing up yeah. and like as a, as a young adult, I was like, why would I spend my time on something? People say it sucks. I'm probably going to watch it now that I've almost like uh, completed the series. Uh, but um, those are, and then uh, the, um, on Her Majesty, Majesty's Secret Service, I know I've, it's one of those movies that, that was like on, but I don't remember watching it. So yeah. uh, I'm also uh, unfamiliar with that one. But yeah, I did watch that one uh, just in anticipation of this, just because it falls within the yes. Sean Connery era and just for continuity, although there's a lot of, you know, messed up continuity throughout yes. the films, they're kind of inconsistent, but, but so I did watch that. Yeah. And I think I've seen all the rest of them probably, you know, starting in the late seventies, actually going to see them in the movie in the theater rather, but um, right. I don't know. I may have missed one here or there. Uh, but the point of uh, telling everybody where I am on all the bond movies was to confirm. I think Sean Connery, this, one of the things uh, that I think Sean Connery does best of all the actors, uh, and this maybe goes to the writing, maybe goes to the chemistry, but the relationship with Money Penny I think is best in these yeah. uh, early movies. That's terrific. Uh, can I just say though, I feel kind of bad that Sean Connery, who I think may be considered the best Bond of all time, really rapey. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this now since you brought it up. Uh, there were a couple the, moments where I was yeah. like, I'm uncomfortable liking this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I will agree. I think Sean Connery is still the best James Bond. Yes. But James Bond is a person. Look, you look at these old movies and some things can be forgiven, like the cheesy special effects. Well, you, what can you do? Right. You know, but I'll tell you the misogyny and yes. the racism, uh, it will make you uncomfortable. It cannot really be forgiven. It, you know, the reason is because the time, but I don't think it really can be forgiven. So if you haven't seen these movies, be prepared for that. Uh, yeah, rapey is a good way to put it. Yes. And, you know, Bond hits women uh, yes. during this thing, you know, when he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and <laughs> what I mean by that is it's not that big a deal. He's getting way more upset than he should, yes. given the circumstances. So, um, you know, keep that in mind when you watch these movies. In, in some ways, they have not aged well. They're entertaining still, but, you know, keep it in mind. They are, uh, like, I didn't take all the notes on all the rapey moments, but I, it was something I realized there was at least one moment in all the movies where I was like, mm, that would not fly. Like, that is something no. you can't, like, a, a man cannot treat a woman like that uh, in, uh, you know, like, modern films would not allow it. Um, and what was really frustrating about it, thinking about, like, if it were created in modern era, Sean Connery's James Bond is actually kind of clever in the flirty sense, right? Like his, his charm is fun to watch. He has some like, you know, he's quippy with his one-liners sure. and stuff, but then he ruins it by like grabbing her arm and not letting her leave. Yeah, and like, and right. it's like, nah, you know, you're just kind of a dick. Like yeah, you're, just, you're misogynistic dick. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of no means. Yes. Uh, yeah. In the yes. film. Yep. Um, and it doesn't bode well for Ian Fleming's creation of James Bond because the purpose of this, of course, is supposed to be uh, a man that other men can idolize, right? Yeah. And for that to be the message of like, look, this guy who idolizes with it, maybe you can be too. Uh, like, I'm not going to sit here and, and give a uh, semester-long class on how uh, film influences society, but if those are things that you kind of read into, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say explains, but it definitely uh it's, it's definitely speaks to how long it took for society to kind of uh figure this out yeah right? and, and it, yeah 
you know, in one of the Daniel Craig movies, uh, M is played by Judy Dench. Yes. And she actually brings up, you know, you're a, you're a dinosaur, you and your misogynistic ways, you know. So they're, the film franchise is also trying to deal with that moving forward. And certainly the new Bond films are quite a bit different, quite a bit different yes. from the tone of these old ones. So, you know, it's something. Uh, if we, when we, uh, we'll clearly do this again with another actor um, and maybe that'll be a better time to discuss our theories on, is this a franchise that can continue? Yeah. Right. Like in, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, from what, so if you watched these on Polito TV, there was probably nothing more frustrating than being like, whatever, I'll deal with the commercials and realize there's not one damn gambling reference in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in this one. From Rush With Love didn't have, no one made a, a gambling reference. He doesn't play any cards. There's no, nope, I couldn't find a thing. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> and it was the one, it was like, it's while well, still like attentive to, right? Like as I'm binging these, I'm right, like, you know. like by the time I got the Thunderball, I was like, okay, I'll just wake me up when there's cards in the, in the scene, right? But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, was, uh, I was so mad at the end of uh, From Russia With Love. I was like, cool name, Sean, nothing, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so mad. All right, Goldfinger, number three. Uh, there's a few here. Um, at 10.05, Goldfinger enters a game. Again, I have cribbage in my notes. Yeah, you sent me and said, hey, yeah. he's playing cribbage, Mark. Thinking, I don't think so. They're <laughs> playing gin rummy. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, I, need a, I need to, look, I need to go back and watch the Pluto TV commercials. Maybe there's one about cribbage, and that's why I entered. <laughs> I'm eating Domino's. I'm playing cribbage. Like, Mark, I think this advertising is getting to me. Uh, he's cleaning up his opposition, and they've been gambling on it. Uh, you find out later that uh, he's winning because he's cheating because he has yep. someone scoping out the cards and communicating them, uh, them to him. Uh, again, James Bond, little rapey. I mean, he's just on her. Like, oh, go look. I mean, he's yep. just like right there. And I was like, look. So there's something like James Bond is supposed to be non unbelievable, like not believable. Um, but looking at it through 2020 eyes, I was like, there's no way you open a sliding glass door in a hotel and a woman's like, hey, come check out this thing I'm doing. Uh, yeah. No, oh, they're probably I, screaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anything else in this first scene that uh, you want to you mentioned? Uh, no, not in the first one. No. Okay. Uh, Twenty eight minutes. Bond plays Goldfinger in golf. Uh, yep. They play a shilling, uh, shilling a stroke or shilling a hole. Shilling a hole. Yeah, I, I think. think it was a hole. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they gamble on it. Uh, later in the match, Bond reveals that, uh, a gold bar that clearly Goldfinger wants, and they up the stakes for that gold bar. And then Bond sets up Goldfinger for a loss by switching his ball and then claiming foul. So. Well, uh, and but that's after Goldfinger already cheated. So right. let's make yes. that clear. Goldfinger cheated first. That's fair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So uh, both are cheaters, which means that uh, they cancel <laughs> each other out, right? So it's a fair right. game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, anything in the golf? No, that's it there. Yeah. Uh, and then hour 34, th uh, 38 seconds, uh, man informs Goldfinger of men with binoculars uh, that are looking in at like sort of their little uh, horse uh, horse track there and Goldfinger shrugs it off as quote touts looking for racing tips and I was actually I was pleasantly surprised to hear a, uh, yeah. hear the word touts used there uh, something that we use in modern day as someone who sells picks and I'm sure that's that's where it, um, where it's rooted there too uh, but I like that it was. It must have been such a clear part of society for it to make for it to make sense that Goldfinger would be like, oh, that's clearly who that is. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that line because I remember it now, but I forgot to even write it down. So yeah, that's great. Now, uh, you had one that I missed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. What, uh, what, what's, what scene did I, what line did I miss? So at one point, Felix, who is the C, he's basically Bond's friend. He works for the CIA. He shows up in, in many of the movies, almost always a different actor. <laughs> but anyway, Felix is uh, an, uh, uh, another coworker from the CIA. They are following Bond in a car. Bond has a tracker on them. So they're in this car and they're, you know, trying to follow him. And at one point they can't really figure out gosh where is he going and so felix's co-worker says where's this old pal of yours headed and felix responds 10 will get you one it's a drink or a dame hmm. so there's a little gambling uh, reference 10 will get you one uh 10 will get you one that's that is uh it's little references like that <laughs> that um i think kind of speak to sort of the root of this exercise right like when you when people make those sort of w without people saying i bet you right yes they're, right they're, uh -huh. if you're not sort of keen on what odds imply you might not realize that that's what they're doing or that's what they're implying right yeah. that they're going to make a bet there uh Something I, mean, I forgot to sort of mention the years here. Just give people an idea of how quickly they turned around these films. I mean, you think about oh uh, yes, you think about Daniel jo uh, 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 Daniel Craig's films, sort of taking years on end to to come out. Uh, Doctor No came out in 1962. From Russia with Love, 1963. Goldfinger a year later in 1964, and we'll get to Thunderball, which was a year later in 1965 they were not considering how quickly they turned them around i almost forgave some of the cheesiness i was like yeah i don't know how i, know. I don't i don't know how creative you get when you only have a year to turn these things around it is amazing how quickly they got this content uh, content out yep uh i mean to give you an idea specter which was the last daniel craig movie to come out came out in 2015 and it's looking like <laughs> 2021 uh we'll give them credit for 2020 since that was a slated release but it's, i mean it took five years for them to get, yeah. to get on that three years before that four years before that i mean it's uh it take mul takes multiple years in the modern era but uh sean connery was just flying through them yeah, um, I, th I think they realized they really had something and so they wanted to make some money and uh, yeah. you know they ended up making some pretty good films i mean you know we talk about you know these don't age well for for a number of reasons and yeah. but i mean the reality is i mean these were a hit i mean these oh, yeah. i mean these were a hit in the box office and i'll tell you when it comes to goldfinger again the third movie they really the creators connery they really found their stride here goldfinger might be the best james bond movie everything was clicking it's so entertaining it's got one of the greatest lines of any Bond film. Uh, Goldfinger has him, you know, on this slab, tied on this slab, and there's a laser that's about to cut him in two through the crotch, basically. Yes. And Bond says, do you expect me to talk? And Goldfinger says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And I mean, you know, it's just, what a great line, right? And just so many other fun things in this movie. It really is a great one. One of the best lines uh, yep. in cinema, let alone Bond. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do have a tab up open for quotes. Uh, and I was only going to bring this up if, uh, if, if it uh, made sense here. Uh, here we go. So back in 2000 and I'm going to make sure I have this uh, 2005, right? So this is an old list. So keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the American Film Institute every year used to put out like a list of best of, right? And they did okay. this for they did this for almost uh, almost a decade. Um, the last list I could find was in 2008. Maybe there's more that just aren't listed here. But in 2005, they just did 100 movie quotes. 
Um, in the list of a hundred, where do you think a James Bond film lands? And of course, you're coming into this completely blind without having time to really think about it. Again, this is 2005. We're talking about the American Film Institute, which are probably a little bit snobby, but also pretty traditional <laughs> in the way that they yeah. view um, some movies. But in a list of 100, how far down do you think you have to find a James Bond quote? And which quote do you think it is? Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'm going to put it pretty high up, and this may be too high, but I would think in the 20s, maybe. Okay. And... Um, Gosh, it could just be Bond, James Bond. That's exactly right at number 22. Oh, hey, nice. Yes, look, well (laughs) done. Well done. Uh, If anybody's curious, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn uh, from Gone (laughs) with the Wind is number one. Uh, And then uh, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse the Uh, Godfather. Uh, um, But if uh, I I found these, if you just look up AFI, uh, lists or AFI quotes and you'll find the, uh, there's a bunch of they have best songs, passions, thrills they have musicals ch- yeah. uh, a bunch of things that they, they did little lists on they're kind of fun to read yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, alright rolling into Thunderball um, this came out in I think 57 so I think they took a couple no this, I mean it's wow uh, 65 yes. uh, <laughs> so this, this follows one year later and then uh, You Only Live Twice is where they have the two year gap so Thunderball uh, the fourth in a yearly re- an annual release of James Bond movies. I only have the one um, at 57 minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, he buys in a casino cage. Uh, we're calling a casino cage. It's not really a casino. It's more like just like an area where people are gambling. But yep. he buys it in a cage in the Bahamas for 500 pounds. Uh, you can hear the sounds of a roulette ball spinning. You kind of know where he is. They're playing Shemaine Defer again. Uh, the card backs are different in this. And I remember you asking, I, I kind of lost track of that thread, but did you, did you find anything that made sense on why that might be? No. And so what we're talking about here, it's towards the end of the scene. Again, yeah, they're playing Shemaine Defer, and the banker's hand has not been turned over yet. And you see the backs of the cards and they're two different colors. I don't know if it was like red or blue or it wasn't quite like that, but they're clearly two different colors. And then on Her Majesty's Secret Service, once again, Chemin de Fer, same kind of thing. The backs have two different colors. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why is this? And then I went to the Wikipedia page just on Baccarat, and the picture that they have at the top, uh, the two, they have, you know, a, 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 like the player's hand is turned over and you can see, but then the banker's hand is down and it's two different colors. And so, yeah, I went on Twitter and was specifically asking Michael Traeger, hey, any idea why this is? And he didn't really have a solid answer. And, and it, let's just start by saying it wouldn't really give a pl- uh, anybody at the table an edge. It's not like edge sorting that Phil Ivey did. We're right, talking right. about, you know, like in a, sh- a six-deck shoe, you know, maybe three of the decks are red and three are blue or whatever. But I just wondered why. What was the point of it? Uh, and I never really did get an answer. And I don't know if anybody knows, but it, it was clearly, again, two different movies, the Wikipedia page. You know, why do they have two different colors in the same shoe? I don't yeah. know. Uh, he passes. I mean, he, he, he comes in and uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't even remember if he even plays. Does he play? He plays like a few hands, right? He plays a few hands, kind of cleans up a little bit and then offers to buy a lady a drink and like passes the shoe and leaves. Right. Yes. Um, not the better life, Mr. Bond. Not the better <laughs> life. You keep playing, damn it. <laughs> You're hot. You keep playing. Uh, she'll be around for a drink. Don't worry about it. Uh, did you see anything else in Thunderball? It's the only, only one I got. 
Uh, no, not really. No, it's certainly not for gambling reasons. I don't have a lot of notes here. One thing that kind of bothered me, and I didn't see this in the previous movies, was they used a fast action uh, film to kind of enhance the fight sequences. Yeah. So you'd see somebody get like thrown across the room and it was obviously in fast action. It was kind of distracting. Uh, and they did it quite a lot, you know, to the point where it's like, eh, I don't know. But I will say this. Uh, the underwater sequences were terrific. I mean, there's a, a quite a few underwater scenes and long scenes. And it was pretty impressive, especially when you think about the time uh, that they did all this. Uh, I thought that looked great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, we mentioned uh, we, we're bringing up things that are consistent through the movies, non-consistent through the movies. One thing that was very consistent, uh, an institution in the Bond films for nearly three decades was the actor who played Q. Uh, yeah, now yeah. Q play Q stands for quartermaster, uh, which I actually just realized as I was, when I did my deep dive on the actor of Q, um, Peter Burton, uh, plays it in Dr. No. And then past that it's Desmond Llew Llewellyn? Llewellyn, yeah. Llewellyn, Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah. There we go. Um, from 1963 to 1999, he played the role of Q. Isn't that fantastic? 17 films. And oh my gosh, he is Q. He yes. plays it so well. The exasperation with Bond, you know, yes. when he's explaining things to him. Oh my gosh, what a fantastic casting of uh, Llewellyn in that role. He's perfect as Q. And now, of course, I can't remember if it's... Um... Uh, I can't remember if it's in Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough, but it's one of the Pierce Brosnan ones. It's one of my favorite lines from all James Bond films, and it's so just silly. And uh, Pierce Brosnan picks up a sandwich, and he's like, what does this do? And Q goes, don't touch that. And he grabs it. He's like, that's my lunch. <laughs> yep, and I don't know why. It's like one of the things that, that stands out from, uh, to me from James Bond films, but it, it made me chuckle. And he, he, just, he delivers it so well. Oh, that's the thing. He delivers it so well. He was great in that role. And to give everybody, uh, if you're kind of curious, like, oh, man, that's a long time. Yeah, he started in from, from Russia with Love, which came out in 1963 with Sean Connery as the actor. He did all of the Sean Connery films from that point. He did uh, that, that featured Q. I think there might have been one. Well, no, I, I, I stand corrected. Yes, all the ones with Sean Connery from that time on. Now that I'm thinking of it, I think it was uh, Live and Let Die. Uh, Q wasn't in it at all. So sorry to cut you off, but yeah. No worries. No worries. Uh, he did. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. But anyways, no. his his tenure stretches all the way through The World Is Not Enough, which came out in 1999 with Pierce Brosnan. That is his range. That is his tenure as Q in the James Bond series. Like you said, he is Q. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, okay. You only live twice. Another disappointing, couldn't find a gambling reference to save my life, Bond Nothing. Movie. Nothing. I couldn't either. Nothing. And I didn't even <laughs> like the film. That was the part two. I didn't even like 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 this movie. Well, you've got Jane, you've got Sean Connery in yellow face, you know, right there. It's yep. like uh, yes. so yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, I will say this though. Uh Blofeld, the basically number one inspector, the villain, he is played by Donald Pleasance in this movie. It's the first time we actually see uh uh, Blofeld's face even though you hear him talking in some of the previous movies oh man I wish he had continued in this role he I yeah. think is my favorite Blofeld and uh anyway it was so sad that that was the only time he played this character yeah and if, if anybody's 
for anybody's curious, there are, I mean, there is some continuity, th like theme wise and um, plot wise, a little bit. Um, I mean, not that you can really make uh, plot connections, but like Spectre, the name of the 2015 film, is a reference to this organization that, like, all the Sean Connery films, um, yeah, not all. I, I think doc does Doctor No reference Spectre? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Doctor No is working is, for. He's Spectre. working. He yeah, works for Spectre. Mention. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, they are. Ta they they still tap into that original Ian Fleming, um, uh, you know, narrative that he created. Of diamonds are forever. Possibly, probably my second favorite of uh of the group. Uh, okay. no, third favorite. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. Uh, I know there was a <laughs> my fourth favorite out of the five. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, lots of notes here. Unfortunately, I will admit I was distracted. I watched this twice and I was kind of distracted both times um, for different reasons. So uh, I do have quite a few notes here, but I'm sure there's uh, there's ones that you missed. But anyways, Diamonds for Are Forever, probably my favorite Bond intro song. I will say that. I think of all the... Uh, you know, the, the, in, we know James Bond to have these like unique intros that all sort of, um, they, they all, they're very, well, all being very different. They're very on brand, right? Yes. With, mm -hmm. with yeah. how they, and the song diamonds are forever. That's being sung, uh, during the title sequence, probably my favorite of the James Bond intros, partly because it's been sampled by a couple, uh, artists that I, uh, also <laughs> enjoy, but I do like that song. Uh, at one minute, 12. Well, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me interject ahead, there too. Please. I, I think that uh, most people agree with you that it's their favorite song from a Bond film. I will say mine is you only live twice, uh, sung by, uh, Nancy Sinatra. That to me is oh, my favorite from the Sean yeah. Connery area. Uh, they're all written by John Barry, at least the music. So, um, you know, they're all great tunes, but um, anyway, yeah, I think most people uh, are uh, along with you that Diamonds Are Forever is their favorite. I may have dismissed uh, You Can Only Live Twice when it did not deliver any references to gambling. I was like, <laughs> I, you're dead I, to me. You're I dead really to like me. I that song. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Um, okay. Where it? There it is. Uh, one minute, 12 seconds. Uh, a gentleman is playing blackjack and then Bond yep. attacks him. Yeah, um, the guy says, hit me and Bond hits him. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. This uh, definitely is, I would say, would you agree that this is the funniest of the sean connery movies yes yeah. yes okay he, his one-liner is uh hit a little different yeah on this one. and i'm not and, saying you know not everything works but they're definitely right. going for more laughs in this one yeah yes and uh every pun intended here uh they really hit that punchline uh yeah. <laughs> on that uh hit me joke there yeah. um 20 minute 28 minutes 12 seconds uh, a woman finds a membership card to the playboy club and casino in london in a uh, wallet that she believes is James Bond, because she uh, or she um, there's a fit, it's planted on this guy, uh, but that uh, that surprised me. That was a reference I definitely was not expecting. I didn't expect that either. Yeah, and I actually had to rewind it. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I saw a Playboy Club, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's funny. I was like, wait, like the London one? I had to rewind it. Like, um. That's still. I mean, we we know that that's still uh, operating. Uh, we have we have friends that uh, that have gone there and sometimes frequent it. Um, I've never been myself. Nope. But <laughs> I probably never will, uh, unless Traeger is uh, really nice to me uh, when I uh, if I ever uh, go to London while he's there. Um, Forty minutes eight seconds. Uh, a shot of the White House. W H Y T E. A fictional hotel 
in Vegas, uh, and they show a painting of Willard White, who is uh, presumably at the time, presumably the owner uh, of the White House. I thought it was a really interesting choice of fictional Vegas hotel names. Yeah, uh, the, the White House. Yeah, W-H-Y-T-E, and the character uh, is played by uh, Jimmy Dean. He's, you know, like the owner. And the exterior shots are of the International, which is now Westgate, used to be the Las Vegas Hilton, originally was the International. And they used a matte painting to make like another tower on it, but that's the exterior. And then I believe the interior scenes for that were shot at the Riviera. Okay. I didn't, know, I didn't realize that. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's, uh, that's good. Um, 42 minutes, 30 seconds. Finally get real action. Like I didn't, I didn't take notes of every like little thing I saw. Like, it's a casino scene, right? Like they're walking around right, a casino, yeah. you see casino stuff. Uh, but at 42 minutes, 30 seconds, we see our first real action at a table. Um, dice go down the table. The sick man announces box cars, a loser. Apparently, this guy had the last of his bankroll on the come out roll. Like, I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when they called a loser, I was and he was like, ah, oh, he like turns to this. Uh, he turns to Plenty O'Toole. Uh, great name by the the, the Bond girl <laughs> names. Uh, oh never, my gosh. Never failed to, uh, to amuse. But uh, he's like, oh, that's it. Like uh, he uh, he like blew the last of the wad there, and I was like, really? Like the last of what you had was on the come. <laughs> come out yep. rolling you lost to the craps okay hey i've seen it i've sure. seen it sure <laughs> i'm not saying it's i'm not saying that it's unlikely or but i just yeah. thought it was a interesting choice to get like you would think seven out is the way to like really land this guy yeah. lost right yeah. uh so it was, <laughs> well yeah if you know craps i think for you know just the viewing public just oh he rolled a 12 that's a loser okay Bond then comes up, he buys in uh, for a $10,000 credit, and he wants a $2,000 limit. May I have $5,000? No, make it $10,000. $2,000 limit. With some problem? Exactly. Gentlemen, want $10,000 credit with a $2,000 limit. My name is Franks. Peter Franks. Mr. Franks, credit's good. Good luck to you, Mr. Franks. Thank you. I'll have two stacks now. The gentleman, 4,000. Thank you. Hi, I'm Plenty. But of course you are. Plenty O2. Named after your father, perhaps. Would you like some help? On the craps, I mean. It's very kind of you. Come here. Come here. Excuse the lady. Ladies are lucky. Oh, the lady. Seven loser, the lucky lady grabs out. This shooter, your shot, Jeff. Points ten, hearts ten. Here's the number. I'll take the full odds on the ten, two hundred on the hard way. The limit on all the numbers, two hundred and fifty on the eleven. Thank you very much. Say, you played this game before. Just once. He meets Plenty O'Toole, and even the look on his face was kind of like, I, that's not real. <laughs> as, as she says this, Sean Connery kind of pauses, and I don't know if this was deliberate or like he just naturally did, and they kept it, who knows. But it was the same reaction 
that I think any man who hears that, who also wants to keep his bearing would have of like, <laughs> that's not real, but let me just keep going. And then they, they and they, they, they go on their conversation, but I was amused by like, that's exact. Like there's probably, probably one of the better parts of his performance in all of these films <laughs> right. was like his face in that moment of like, okay, come on guys. Is it like, is this, is this as if he didn't read the script and it's the first time he's hearing the name and <laughs> he's like, right. Oh God, that's what we're working with. Sure. Right uh, that's your name. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course. And you know, what really adds to it uh the actress is lana wood but uh, her voice has clearly been dubbed yeah so it makes it that much more kind of you know what plenty of two <laughs> yeah yeah um she offers to help him with crafts which yes. i thought was uh not to sound misogynistic myself myself but it seemed kind of out of place for the era uh okay well i think you know okay she does say that but I think, you know, she she basically wants some of his money. Right. And she's, I think, also suggesting, here, I'll roll for you. This oh, is my way of helping. I understand. That, that could be, you know, what she was getting at. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, then she finishes rolling. And maybe you're right. Maybe she's rolling for him or for... So anyways, uh, she sevens out right away. And then it goes to him, but in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. He claims to have only played craps once, uh, but he uh, he puts he puts uh, he sets a uh, point of ten, and then he places full odds on it. He wants the hard way. He wants a limit on all the numbers, and he takes a yo for two fifty. And I was like, this guy is Doctor Mike's idol right here. I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, I want Doctor Mike to say that sometime at uh, uh, at a craps table. That same line just. Give me full odds, yeah, the hard way, limit on all the numbers, and give me give me an eleven for. I mean, it doesn't say yo. He says give me an eleven for yeah. for two fifty. If you listen to um, the ninety nine percent craps podcast, they use that whole line uh, in their intro too. So oh. you can you can hear that thing. Yeah, word, but they just take it right out of the movie. So yeah, very it's good. Funny. He 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 places all these bets, and then it kind of like just kind of transitions to another shot, and they're just paying him out yeah, <laughs> yeah. nothing's happened it's, the dice have not rolled nothing's <laughs> happened it's just a cut to them giving him fifty thousand dollars uh <laughs> he tips uh plenty of tool five thousand and she just thinks he's the most swell guy yeah uh, and i was like boy that's something that definitely uh lasted the, t- the test of time uh <laughs> pan a shot to vegas in in the modern day it's like that's probably still working yeah i think so too and you could tell that's what she wanted because she was hanging on the guy before yes. who rolled the 12 and as soon as he was out of money she didn't want anything to do with him yes um but i just i thought that was so funny he gets a ten thousand dollar credit we don't see anything happen but he profited fifty thousand dollars <laughs> What else uh, you got for this? So a couple things in this scene. Uh, first of all, when Plenty O'Toole does seven out, the stick man says, lucky lady craps out. So, of course, that always drives uh, us craps players crazy, right? When yeah. they say craps out, not seven out. Also, when Bond comes out on a point of 10, look at the dice. It's clearly an 11 that he's rolled. I, I had to rewind it a couple of times, but it is a six and a five. He does not roll a 10. An 11 comes up and they say 10 points, 10. So just a little... Little things that we gamblers would watch out for. Yes. 52 minutes, 17 seconds. They're at Circus Circus. Hey, you know, Circus Circus looked pretty nice. <laughs> I, I, I was, was relatively new at the time, but it yes. looked nice. I was going to say, and we're, we'll get to the downtown scene here soon, a uh, lot of, like, shots of older casinos, and it kind mm. of made me appreciate Circus Circus a little bit. Because yeah. <laughs> even though we know it as this uh, rundown 
you don't want to go there even like you i'd rather pay for a room than stay there for free that sort of thing uh it was kind of a big deal um yeah, yeah. you know when it first opened and for a while right it was a staple of the um of the las vegas strip and uh, a place that people wanted to go so yeah with the, with the first attempt to get families to come right yes yes they actually so i, I don't know if I ever uh i'll try to keep the story brief so my my mom who's a very devout christian now she would never if i even say the word gamble she rolls her eyes and changes <laughs> uh, changes the the subject but when she was much younger and i was a little kid uh her and her sister went to reno and i was and i was along for the ride and um they won some money on some slot machines. My mom's sister insisted that she like put away, as they're playing slots, like put a chunk away to the side. Uh, and my mom was like, what are you doing that for? And she's like, that's for Tim. And then when they were sort of done with their run, they let me loose in Circus Circus Reno that had like an arcade and stuff like uh -huh. that. And apparently like I have no, I'm young enough where I don't remember this at all. Okay. Um, but uh, that's what that's what they did. Like they just let me kind of run amok and play arcades. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and you, you know, you, they uh, there are some pivotal scenes here that take place in the kids' arcade. And yes. you know, uh, um, one thing uh, you're talking about two slots, I, and I wanted to bring this up, especially when you see older movies. And and I'm even too uh, young to remember this. It used to be there were no chairs at the slot machines. Right. You stood up and played a slot machine, and you yes. can see it in the scenes in diamonds are forever uh you know we're so used to it now what you had to stand yeah because you know slots weren't that big a deal to the casinos back then yeah. it was more of something that you did idly or just you know momentarily or while you were waiting to do something else so you know no chairs i don't think that has once ever crossed my mind and <laughs> that is an excellent observation oh good <laughs> uh and the well, and that you're right like like how the tides have turned in yeah. in in casino business right um i mean now look there's i mean the, some of their chairs are comfier than the ones you will find in my house oh no kidding <laughs> you know uh yeah it's it's amazing uh while playing the james bond slot machine right uh, yeah, right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh what are, where were we here uh circus circus um so she goes to play blackjack i say she um i of course i was just putting pronouns here i forgot to what, what's the name of the character so tiffany chase uh excuse chase, me tiffany case, case played by jill st john yeah that's right uh so tiffany case goes to uh she's playing blackjack uh and then uh the dealer flips her a card that reads why don't you go play the water balloons yeah and it just made me think Mark, imagine playing, I guess it would have to be Pi Gal. Maybe you got a pitch game somewhere, right? Maybe you found a pitch game, but like Pi Gal or something. And a dealer sent you a, I don't care what the message is. <laughs> I'm tipping that dealer for the rest of my life. Like how cool would that be if I was sent a secret message through the deal? Now, yeah. of course, if the casino found out, we're probably both getting banned. But uh, maybe, maybe the casino is the one sending it. Like, hey, why don't you go find some? That's the way to get rid of card counters. That's the way to get. Take a hike. Yeah. Hey, why don't, <laughs> why don't you come to this pitch game? Oh, you guys got a pitch game? Yeah, just for you. And then just, yeah, uh, deal them some cards with the message. But I thought, like, how cool would it be if, you were play if you're playing and all of a sudden there's a, you know, or like a coupon. Oh, look. Yeah. I know off a pretzel. And they're like, Woo! everybody claps. Oh, good job. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could think of, you know, she got that. She saw the card. It surprised her a little bit and then she realized that was what she needed to do without right. going into a lot of detail they're smuggling diamonds and so right. you know she's maybe gonna find the diamonds at the water balloon game but i kept thinking well what happened to her wager 
because <laughs> you know i mean she doesn't really have a hand she picked right. up all her chips and left was she able to just take her wager back? That's that's what I'm thinking. Well, of. Like that's really important to the plot of a James Bond movie. Well, the dealer allowed it, so it must have been okay. Yes, that's true. The dealer allowed it since he was in on it. I guess yeah. it's okay. Um, uh, this was um, so James. So James Bond is observing her movement with other uh, agents and. Uh, one of them challenges on like, hey, do you think she's actually going to show up? And one agent says, that's a thousand to one shot. And James Bond uh, counters with more like even money. And I was like, boy, the odds on that swung. <laughs> I don't know which one of you's way off, but one of you's way off. <laughs> Let me get action on both. <laughs> well, and as it turns out, it looks like Bond was way off because she did not meet up with him. And so... Man, thousand <laughs> thousand to one would have been a nice, uh, nice payday if someone could get action on that, huh? Yeah. So there's a scene where there's this sideshow uh, called the Zambora sideshow. Talk about racist. Where yes. this, I, I won't go into all the details, but I do want to mention that Jay Sarno, who created Caesar's Palace and Circus Circus, he is the Barker for oh. that show. That is Jay Sarno in the movie running that show so i think that's pretty interesting uh and i and i'm glad you backed up because i missed this uh the line of my notes at 56 minutes six seconds there's an elephant playing a slot machine oh that's right yeah yes <laughs> uh let me let me walk into any casino where an animal of any sort is playing a slot machine you have my business uh yeah, you have my got, business I, I think he got three elephants on the slot didn't he he did so, he's a winner yeah. winner that's how they get you mark that's how they yep. get the elephants yep. they make them uh, winners early on <laughs> uh yeah so uh taxi i, I was i just thought it was funny he walks at uh bond walks it was a bond or no it was, uh uh case walks out of uh the airport man i watched it twice and i can't remember which character it was anyways taxi line of mccarran super easy i was like man those are the days those oh my god mccarran i know i did a double take it's just this dinky little yeah. uh little airport and i don't know if you noticed him but there's a single shot a single shot where mccarran it's you're fairly close to the taxi line at McCarran. McCarran is on the right hand side of the screen and the frontier is on the left yes. side of the screen. And it's yes. fairly close. It's not like it's way in the background. There's the frontier. Uh, yes. Um, I'm trying I, to decide. I, it's hard to get your bearings. I don't know, you know, where McCarran really was kind of located relative to where it is now, but uh, yeah, that caught my eye. Uh, that's a, that's a great question. Hour four minute mark the shot of the dune sign which i just thought was fun i was like yeah oh, the dunes yep nice uh and then we get to our uh one hour 15 minutes there's a car chase in downtown vegas and yep. with all the old casino i mean if you're a nerd for vegas if you're a nerd for old vegas if you're a nerd for downtown just i, I wasn't even watching the, the chase i had no idea yeah. what was going on half the time yeah. so i was like there's the mint there's a pioneer club there's yeah. look that look at the original uh golden nugget sign uh so that was a lot of fun to watch yeah that is great and in fact in the background you can actually see there's a billboard for the union plaza that was the original name of the plaza hotel union plaza it had not been built yet it was under construction you actually see a billboard you know kind of a coming soon union plaza sure by the way this is what downtown vegas needs a little bit more of get rid of the so uh question something that came up uh people were commenting on this i want to know your thoughts since we're talking about downtown fremont street experience canopy yeah. They take it or take it or leave it. I, I can't say that I have a strong opinion one way or the other. And I know a lot of people do. 
I guess I would have to lean towards, I wish it weren't there. Yeah. But at the same time, it probably helped, you know, revitalize downtown, getting people down there. So I can't really complain. Yeah. I, I understand people who don't like it. I understand people who do. So yeah, I know that's a wishy-washy answer, but yeah. it sure is. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> uh, those, <laughs> I, I, I'm with, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, re- uh, quote over reference him here. Uh, Tony made the case that this ruins the skyline. I'm with you. Uh, I wish you, I wish you could appreciate that, especially when I was in my room at the plaza. I mean, look right down Fremont, but it's like, all you saw was the top of the canopy. Yeah. The top of the canopy. Yeah. I certainly understand that from a plaza point of view. Yeah. yeah. But as someone else pointed out, uh, it blocked out a lot of sun, which is also true, yeah, that's uh, true yeah. which kind of makes it, I mean, that, not that that's the reason for it to stay up, but I think the most compelling case on like, why it shouldn't be there? I don't know if I've ever really been that interested in what's on it. And I think yeah. that's the part where I'm like, why is this here? Like, I'm never like looking up like, oh, look what they're doing here. I'm just like, okay, yeah. colors, yeah. great. That's Fun. true. But it's yeah. also probably because I'm trying to beeline for a craps table, Mark. That probably well, is- yeah, see, that's the thing too. We, we're not going downtown. <laughs> you and I, Dr. Mike, we're not going downtown to see the show. We're going down to find a table. Right, right. Uh, one hour 48. Q is cleaning up on the slots of, and cheating with the device. I mean, here's I this character oh that we love who's like this, like almost kind of a, uh, just kind of like stays, you know, strict to his, it just does his job and that's it. And he's like explaining to, uh, to Case, like uh, Tiffany Case, like, this is how this cheat device works. Oh, it's so works. fantastic. He's, I've got a, an electromagnetic RPM yeah. controller and he's holding it up to the slot and winning over every time. Oh, that's hilarious. Fantastic scene. What I love is he clearly doesn't care about the money. He only cares that the device <laughs> is working. Like, the, like he right, just, yeah, he's not collecting the coin. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I do want to go back to the chase scene. Oh, again, please. Uh, because it's one of the most famous flubs in a movie. There's a scene where um, Bond is getting away with Case and they're in this red car and he needs to go down this alley that is too thin for the car to fit through. So he's able to kind of go on a ramp and uh, angle the car so that it'll fit through this small alley. Well, if you watch it, when it goes into the alley, the car is leaning towards the right. Yes. But when it comes out on the other side, it's leaning towards the left. Yes. It's one of the most uh, famous movie flubs. One of the reasons is because um, they filmed the car going into the alley, I think back in Hollywood, or at least one of the studios, and then coming out of the alley back in Las Vegas. Now, uh, what I didn't realize, I'd seen this scene before, but I didn't really notice. They actually include a scene between the car going in and the car going out. There is a, a shot within the car where you actually see the car flipping from the right side to the left side. Now, it doesn't make any sense. The car wouldn't have been able to do that. But at least, I guess, the filmmakers thought, well, we've got to put something in there to account for this flub. So you actually see from the inside of the car it flipping from one side to the other. So it doesn't I, make any sense. So it's, I'm glad you, po- I'm glad you uh, spelled all that out because I feel <laughs> a little bit better because at the end of that scene, I was like, what did I, did I miss something? Like, am yeah. I, like I remember thinking did I miss like the other ramp that he must have hit or You're something? Right. Yeah. must have been another ramp. <laughs> I just sort of chalked it up to like, I don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, good. Uh, movie flub. I don't feel so dumb. Yeah. Um, Q cleaning up at the, at the slots was actually the last uh, gambling reference that I, uh, that I had, or the last note that I had for this uh, movie. Did, what else do you have? You know, the only other thing, uh, and one of the very final scenes where Bond is confronting Blofeld, Bond says to him, it looks like you're holding all the aces. 
And a few minutes later, uh, Blofeld says, I do hold a winning hand. So a little oh, more uh, yeah. gambling uh, dialogue there towards the very end of the film. Yeah, very good. Well, that was a lot of fun. You know, even before I got into Bond, people kept on saying Sean Connery is the best Bond, right? And I, I was, you know, I was a teenager during the Pierce Brosnan years, right? So Daniel Craig's the only Bond that wasn't a part of that conversation at the earliest time that I was hearing it. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, that's fine. I, and then when I got older, I started watching them here and there. I didn't like really watch them in order. I was just like, oh, I feel like uh-huh, right. Goldfinger. I feel like what? And watching them in order. And uh, like you said, Goldfinger's really, really, really found their stride. Uh, I agree. I, Sean Connery, um, the character's behavior notwithstanding, hands down the best Bond um, of the series. And it goes, it's all anchored in that cigarette hanging out of his mouth <laughs> saying Bond, James Bond. And it's like, I want to be you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, if I ha- yeah. If I had any doubts before watching these movies again, completely yeah. convinced me. Yeah. That he was the best Bond. Who do you think, who do you think has the best argument against that? Which actor? Oh gosh. I, you know, I may have to say Daniel Craig. Yes. Uh, only because he's really brought something to the role that maybe some of the other actors didn't. Now, it helps that, you know, the way the scripts are written, too. Um, you know, there was a period there where Bond got pretty silly. You know, the gadgets and the things that they were doing, you know, the yeah. riding the tidal wave, <laughs> surfing a tidal wave. Yes. Kind of thing. So, you know, I, it's kind of changed that way. So, I, yeah, it, just asking me without really just off the top of my head. Yeah, probably Daniel Craig. Okay, well, I, Goldfinger, I agree, I think is the, the best of this, uh, of this bunch. I don't know if I could choose a favorite uh, Bond movie. Uh, Go, um, Gold and I will always have a... Uh, oh, goodness. Have you ever just been talking and, and your phone just starts talking back to you? Yep. Um, yeah. The creepiest thing is when I have it on speaker and then like, it like, hears something in what I'm playing over the speaker and it's yeah. like, oh, you clearly want to talk to me. <laughs> um, GoldenEye holds a very special place in my heart because I was a teenager when GoldenEye uh, uh, 64 came out and so, you know, me and my friends played countless hours of it. That is a great game. It is I, a great I'm so, game. You know, probably, well, I mean, you know, Mario 64 is fantastic too, but uh, definitely one of the top five games for Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. Fantastic yeah. game. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's there's an interesting conversation gambling games oh boy uh <laughs> something we can have very much at a di- on a different conversation but i, I think a a front runner i think is uh gold nugget 64 which i played so much of when, <laughs> and i had no idea what i was doing yeah. i was playing big six and big eight like this is clearly <laughs> what the people do right this is how you win at craps uh, anyways, Goldfinger, I, I thought was the best of the series. Doctor yeah, No, too. very close, close behind. Um, Doctor No might even be my favorite if I just think if I think if I give it more, you know, being the original. Right? Yeah, you have to kind of place yourself, you know, back in 1962. Exactly. What if I was seeing this for yep. the first time? And I haven't seen all the movies that have come since that. Not just James Bond, but everything. Yep. Yeah. If you can put yourself in that place, I think it's a real entertaining film. Because like we mentioned, Goldfinger's good because they had two in the bag already, right? And yeah. they were able yeah. to find their stride. Yeah. Yeah, um, but then I think Diamonds Are Forever. Um, I'm, I really want, I'm really just naming the movies that I would watch again. Uh, mm-hmm. You Only Live Twice didn't really do it for plenty of reasons to do anything for me. Thunderball, I had a hard time like 
yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of him in a bathing suit, you know, and this is like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, what is... short shorts. Yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, I get that you're like handsome and stuff, but goodness, like you're also like a secret agent. Um, uh, and then uh, for Much With Love also didn't really do anything for me, uh, for, for, for rewatchability anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I want to say about James Bond. So... As someone who was employed by the federal government uh, to conduct security and to do so uh, at embassies and a number of other things, boy, Bond makes some really dumb mistakes when it comes to (laughs) self-preservation. There's a couple times where it's like, she's clearly playing you, uh, Bond, and like... (laughs) It's like he's so blinded by how pretty this woman is. He's like completely like stunned. Oh no, she was going to cross me. Yeah. Come on, come on. Uh, but again, uh, you know, that to think about the times had to think like, you know, not everybody was really into sex security awareness, you know, when, uh, yeah, right. uh, and I guess he had to have some sort of like flaw. Otherwise, you know, if you can't kill Superman, what's the point? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, that was the only thing I was watching it. It was like, why like he put down his weapon like there'd be oh, some sure. times there's where he put down his weapons like, and times on. where he doesn't have yeah. to and it's like why are you putting down your weapon when there's an adversary in the room yeah um anything else you want to mention about the bond movies uh and and um that you noticed or gambling or unrelated no i think we covered it man it was fun watching all these i hadn't seen some i, I probably had never seen and a lot i hadn't seen in a long time so it was fun to go back yes now I, I, I have this in my notes and then, well, not in the notes I have for this movie, but I have this in like my planner notes and I forgot to send you this message. So I'm going to put you on the spot All right, sir. and you can dismiss it this time and, and we'll come back to this the next time. What actually, that's what we'll do. Um, the next time we do this, uh, I will go, I'm probably going to go through some more of my favorite, uh, shows and stuff to, send it, to kind of lean back on some of that familiarity. The next time, though, uh, Mark, I want you to choose. Oh, okay. Um, either you, you choose a show, whatever it may be. You tell us, hey, we're going to go through this uh, set of content, um, and that's what we'll, we'll lean on. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to, uh, to choose some things as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I've definitely got some ideas. Very good. Um, Mark, this was truly a pleasure. Yeah, a lot of fun. The pleasure was mine, Tim. <laughs> So uh, something that uh, we kind of alluded to it a little bit there um, in uh, in some of our conversation, but I don't know if we said it specifically. Uh, the The gambling references um, at, the, at the beginning of the uh, Sean Connery uh, films, you have like around the seven minute mark in Doctor No, and it's not till like in the fifty minute mark in Thunderball that we see him gambling again. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's four, that's span, that spans four movies essentially, um, which I think was interesting. Cause again, you know, we think of bond as a gambler, we think of casinos or, uh, you know, uh, some sort of gambling scene is very much affiliated with, uh, with the character. Uh, but early on, um, you know, in the first four films, they essentially just have two, scenes uh both on sort of uh different sides of each other in the film so that was that was interesting to to realize when i looked back on my notes um as you're hearing this um i'm probably picking up literally the last thing uh that is going to be going into the better santa packages it is something that everybody's getting which is why i haven't been able to send any of them off yet because this one item is going in every package so um i will uh, they will be getting mailed out, hopefully before the uh, bef- the before 
close of business Saturday is, is when I intend on having them uh, at the post office. Um, I can't guarantee, obviously, because of how the how uh, the, the how shipping has sort of slowed this year uh, and other things that it'll actually be at your house for for Christmas. I apologize if that's disappointing, but uh, they are they are on their way, and I think it's sort of, I think it's worth it. I think I think the little collection of, of items that I have is uh, is fun, and uh, every um, you know, there's a few different types of sets depending on, on what you told me about yourself. So um, if you're hearing this and you're like, wait, I remember buying this, but I don't remember hearing anything from Tim beyond that, you need to let me know. Um, I'm going to go through the list. I'll be emailing people uh, again where I see there's discrepancies on – or not discrepancies, or like where I noticed someone didn't give me uh, – fill out a form or let me know. Um, it's not uh, crucial, crucial. It's not like you're going to end up with a lump of coal. Uh, but again, like I don't want to send a craps-related item to someone who never hits the craps table, uh, if you know what I mean. So the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. Uh, I need a little bit of a break. Um, I have been uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, just because of how um, things have been going both personally and professionally, all good things, nothing to worry about. Uh, but I have been kind of drinking from a fire hose a little bit. I feel like I've been hand to mouth on some things. I've been trying to get it out. I kind of just need to pump, the, not pump the brakes, but just sort of need to exhale and relook at things and uh, go about it again. Um, which is, which will be a good thing. It'll mean, it'll mean that, uh, things are more prepared. All that to say, uh, no episode next week. Um, this is a better way to say it. There will be one episode put out between now and the, the first week of the new year. So I don't know which week it'll be, um, depending on sort of when I get it recorded and what, and how I decide I want to do it. But, um, in the next two weeks, there will only be one episode. That's what I should say. So one more episode between now and in the end of 2020. Uh, thank you everybody for, uh, for listening to the show, for continuing to support it, all the kind words that, uh, that I get when, uh, I share some, uh, not kind words about that, have, that have been shared about me. Um, you know, the, uh, the transition, the dealing with you know not being able to go to a casino, all this sort of stuff. So many of you have stuck around and continue to uh, listen to the hours of content that I try to put out, um, you know, every month, and uh, it just blows my mind that uh, that there's people that are still listening to the show front to back, week to week. So, uh, thank you so much again for that. Uh, I'll be back either next week or the following week, sometime in there. Uh, but until then, on behalf of Mark Duvall, good night. And good luck. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can't stimulate to tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me